Hey everyone, welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. We continue with our year-long walk through the Bible today with the book of Numbers. As a reminder, this podcast is intended to be paired with the reading plan that you can find information on how to receive in the footnotes of the podcast. So as we open up here into what we call the book of Numbers, I do think it's important that we understand that in the Hebrew Bible, this is actually called in the wilderness. And I think that gives us a better picture for what's actually going to be taking place in this book than when we think of the English title, the book of Numbers. Because I think when we look at the book of Numbers, we get caught up in the censuses that take place at the beginning and towards the end of this book. And as we're looking at those, we then start to think, okay, hey, this is going to be some dreary opportunity to see these names and numbers for people that we don't really have a great connection to, nor really probably honestly cared all that much about. But I think when we view this through the lens of the Hebrew title, In the Wilderness, I think we're not just going to get an explanation for the physical location of God's people at this time, but we also get a greater insight into the spiritual state of the people during this period of time. And I think that that's really important for us to understand, because as we know, this is one of the first five books of the Bible that is collectively called the Torah, the writings, the instructions of God to his people about who they are to be in light of who he is. And so principally, as we read through this, we should be seeing the character of God on display and that being contrasted with the people who are there. And to the extent that the people display the character of God, that they participate in the opportunities for holiness and to be set apart for his people, we will see what we saw at the end of the last book in Leviticus. We will see blessings for obedience for those items. But then we will also see punishment or we will see God's judgment on display for the times in which the people are disobedient. And that's because of his holiness. That's because he is set apart and they are to be set apart as his people. And so as we walk through this, I think that that is an overarching theme that we really need to focus on as you read the book of Numbers, to not get lost in what's going on. And so I do think that there are some really big passages that help us to see that, especially starting in chapter 11. In chapter 11, we see the people begin to complain about what God is doing and how it's working and how long it's taking, all these different things. As they're waiting for God to give them what he has promised, they're looking back and saying, man, we were so much better off before. Chapter 12, we even see that that extends to Miriam and Aaron, who are setting themselves up against God and up against Moses. Chapter 13, we see the bad report of the spies. Chapter 14, we see the rebellion that takes place because of that. And then we see that the people even go out and try to do it by themselves, but God does not bless that endeavor the same way he will bless the people when they go into the nations that they're supposed to be conquered, when it is his timing and when he is behind that. Then chapter 15, we see the holiness of God displayed through the Sabbath breaker being punished to death. Chapter 16, we see more rebellion. Even chapter 20, we see Moses' own failure. So we see this wilderness that's taking place is not just them physically wandering through the emptiness that's there, but we see that God is working on his people to display his character, and he's doing that despite their sinfulness. 
Yet throughout that, we need to understand that the greatest item that is put on display is his faithfulness. He has made promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And even though these people are sinful, he's not going to wipe them off the face of the earth. We see that taking place when Moses intercedes on behalf of the people. And when that takes place, he does that saying, God, if you wipe these people off of the earth, which is probably what they deserve for their complaining, their rebellion, and their sinfulness, if you do all of that, we're actually going to bring shame to your name because it shows that you can't actually do what you've promised to do. If he's promised to give the land to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, their descendants, if he's promised these different things and he wipes the people out right now, he can't actually do what he has said he's going to do. And so he is faithful to work despite the sinfulness of them. And in each of these situations where there's judgment, there's also an opportunity for God to draw his people back to him through those who are willing to repent and be obedient to what he has said. And I think that's important for us to understand. So try not to get lost in all of the details of the specific nature of what God is calling his people to do, but keep those in mind as you're understanding that God desires his people to be set apart for him. That is a spiritual truth that you're going to see in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. You're going to see the way in which that ark is defined as we walk through the scriptures. And I think that would help you as you see, how is this actually applying to me? Just as God had a set of standards for his people, for the people who are wanting to experience his blessing, for the people who are wanting to experience him as an individual, to be in his presence, to be a part of what he was trying to do, they had to live in a certain way, set apart, holy, just as as God is. That truth is the same for the Old Testament as it is for the New Testament. And so as you're walking through this book, try not to get lost in those details, but do understand that God was very clear about what it was supposed to look like from the layout of the camp to these many different laws and vows and counting and census and different things that are taking place. He desires the people to follow a set of procedures, to follow a lifestyle that will set them apart from the people around them. And when they desire to go back and be just like the people who are around them, God steps in to intervene on behalf of his holiness, on behalf of his promise to set these people apart and up against the nations who are surrounding them. And when we begin to look at the passages in this way, it helps us to see how that's going to be a New Testament reality as well. God desires his people to be set apart from the kingdom of the world, but the people are going to be consistently tempted and lured and drawn back to the kingdom of the world. And when they turn to that, God does not bless them for that endeavor, but instead at times brings punishment, brings at times undesirable events into their life to remind them of the need for repentance, to remind them of his faithfulness, his holiness, and his calling upon their life. And so as we walk through this book with all of these wilderness themes taking place, this wandering haplessly as we're waiting for this generation to die because of their sinfulness and because of the way in which they have failed to trust God, failed to understand his faithfulness, failed to understand his calling for them, even to the significance of it impacting Moses, this person who we probably saw as the fearless leader who is going to lead them into the promised land. As we began reading, we see that even his own failures 
are not trumping the faithfulness of God. God will deliver his people into the promises that he has given to them, but it may not be in the timing that the people are expecting because God is going to work all things for his good and for his plan, despite what man is doing. But he's waiting for them to understand what needs to take place. And we'll see even a little bit more of that developing in the book of Deuteronomy in our next book as we see the close of the Torah at that point. And so remember, as we're walking through these books, the importance of what is developing in the story We're seeing the main character, the God of the universe, creator of the world, revealing himself to man. And we're seeing him work through the sinfulness of man to display who he is and to display his desire for mankind, to display the calling that he's giving to them, and to display the fact that there is this development of these groups of people, those who are siding with God and those who are choosing not to. That despite what's taking place, that story is being developed. And that is what we're supposed to be learning as we're reading through this book. We're not supposed to be desiring to live in the exact way that is described here. But what we will see is that the way in which God reveals himself to these people is a way of displaying the fullness of the truth that we will understand when we get to the other side of the cross, when we get to the other side of Jesus who takes what is old and makes it new and gives it to us in a way that is more easily understandable for us in light of God's desires for man because we know of the significance of the cross and because we know of what is taking place this side of of Jesus coming to earth to reveal God's full plan for us. So as you read through this book of Numbers, remember that. Remember to look at the spiritual and the physical state that's there. Don't get lost in the weeds of the details and what's taking place, but develop your understanding of how God is revealing himself and seek to pursue him in his presence as you read. Know today you are loved.